want to bring your attention to the homecoming celebration that we have planned on October the 8th. It's coming up in two weeks, and we'll have a wide, full day of activities from the high attendance Sunday in Sunday school to worship service led by Reverend Terry Stockman to a dinner in the fellowship hall and then a music celebration that afternoon. We will have homemade ice cream. And I have issued the challenge for a homemade ice cream contest. I've had several people, about five so far, accept that challenge. And I offer it again to you. If uh, you're willing to enter and bring a churn of homemade ice cream, I'm going to be a non-partial biased judge. Uh, non-partial biased judge. Yes, that's what I'll be. Um, and, and so we will... We will have those. So please sign in at the back. I have a sign-in sheet for, put your name on the bottom if you're willing to bring homemade ice cream. And also, we want you to sign up for a time to get your picture made. Our youth are working to produce a uh, pictorial directory. And so we're going to put together a pictorial directory, hopefully have it online and also a hard copy and get a current photograph of everyone in the church. And I need for you to sign up for times. And so if you will sign up either at the back of the, uh, on the way out the door this, a- this, a- this afternoon, or if you will, uh, call the church office or email or call me. Okay. We got, uh, another announcement to make. Good food. For a good cause, that's Saturday, October 21st, uh, there is a spaghetti dinner with salad, garlic toast, and dessert uh, at Zion Church in Conway, and it's a benefit for Floyd Jenkins. I think that Lori Barnes is going to have tickets here next Sunday that you can talk with her about it. Please make uh, plans to participate, and then you'll notice there's a mission sale at Galatia Baptist Church. Uh, I think that covers most of the things that I was supposed to mention today. And I will invite our puppet friends to come and join me down front. So, my puppet friends, if you'll come forward. Our story today is about a man called John. 
John was a special man sent by God to help everyone get ready for Jesus to come. He lived way out in the desert and dressed in rough clothes made out of camel hair. <laughs> he ate bugs and honey. But even though he didn't look or act like everyone else, people used to come from far away to listen to him talk about God. Then, if they believed what he said, he would baptize them in the Jordan River. He baptized so many people that everyone began to call him John the Baptist. Sometimes the leaders of the people, called Pharisees, would come and pretend to believe John. But he was never fooled. He told the Pharisees that God doesn't want people to pretend. John said that if a person really cares about God, then he or she will act like it. People who love God will be kind and share with others and help people. The Pharisees never shared or helped people. One day, while John was baptizing people in the Jordan River, Jesus came and asked John to baptize him. John knew that Jesus was the Son of God. So he said, I can't baptize you, Jesus. You should baptize me. But Jesus said that it was okay for John to baptize him. Jesus was only doing what he knew God wanted him to do. So John baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. After Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the Spirit of God coming down from heaven just like a little white dove. Then God spoke from heaven and said, This is my Son, whom I love very much. He always does things which make me happy. After Jesus left the river, John kept teaching people about God and baptizing them because that's what God wanted him to do. Walking with God, I don't have to hurry. Walking with God, I'm not alone. Walking with God, I don't have to worry. Walking with God, I am His own. Everybody sing with me. Walking with God, I don't have to hurry. Walking with God, I'm not alone. Walking with God, I don't have to worry. Walking with God, I am His own. Okay, we've we've sung along with the puppets. Now we can you can sing along with me too. As we stand and sing our offertory hymn, we we are called to be God's people. Let's stand and sing together.
I guess the uh, choir is going to sing from down there, and so since I didn't get my cue correctly, uh, I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to introduce Reverend Willie McLaughorn, who will be your uh, guest speaker today. Of course, he does not need an introduction because you know him so well. So that's simple jobs. In fact, you know him so well, I let him do the invocation for me. I let him be his own introduction, and now I introduce the choir.
Tom asked me earlier this morning if there was some story I'd like for him to relate about me as a means of introduction. And after we bannered about for a few minutes and some of the other deacons who were around said they won't even need to introduce me, everybody knows me, knows me. He asked me if there's any fishing stories. Well, the only fishing story I have relates to patience. And it's something that I have always needed and the Lord has always worked with me on. The reason I don't fish is I don't have patience. If something don't strike my hook in the first five minutes, I'm, it's time to pack up and go home. You know, uh, and I apologize for, for doing your invocation this morning, too. But anyway, uh, it's always good to be here. Well, I'd like to do something a little bit different this morning. I'd like for all of those who are currently serving as deacons to get up and come down here and, and, and take a seat on these front two rows, please. All those who are currently serving as active deacons, please come down and sit down up here. Okay, save one seat right in the middle, Twyla. Okay. Shelby, would you please come up here and sit with these? I wanted Shelby to be up here where I could see her. And I didn't want her to be up here right by herself so everything's directed right at her. So, so I decided to get the, get, get, get the other deacons to come up and, and sit with her and offer her encouragement, uh, this morning. Uh, you know, as, as we said from the baptistry a while ago, Jesus issued his disciples a commission, uh, he made several appearances to his disciples after his uh, resurrection. And most of the time there's something important going on when he appeared to his disciples. And on this particular occasion they had gone and met where he had told them to be and he showed up and uh, appeared to them and, and he gave them that, that great commission uh, to go and make disciples of all nations, to baptize them in the, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost and and teach them to observe everything I have commanded you. We have witnessed this morning Bud's baptism. And in the process, I hope, as we shared with him and, and as we watched him being baptized, Thoughts about our own baptism came to our mind. You see, we should all be aware that baptism should symbolize something very significant in our lives. Jesus says that we're to be followers. We're to be disciples, which which means that, that we're to be followers. We're to be imitators of Christ. And baptism is the first step in that direction. It's the first part of, of, of true discipleship. And it's an amazing picture of, of three bold declarations that, that we make at that time. The first is that we have chosen to identify with Christ. 
As Baptists, we believe in, in believer's baptism, that, that someone chooses to be baptized. We don't, we don't follow the, the infant baptism of some denominations. They do, and that's okay with them. But we as Baptists, what makes us separate is, is that we believe that we must choose to be baptized. We must make that declaration that I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. I'm going to choose to obey Jesus. We also declare in that baptism that we're committing ourselves to the discipleship process. We're not born into this world as full-grown adults with all knowledge. We have to grow. And some of us, even when we're drawing our last breath, we wonder sometimes if we've really gained a whole lot of knowledge. But anyway, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a process. And so our becoming an imitator of Christ, a full disciple of Christ, is a process. It's a growing process. That's why we set up Sunday schools. That's why we have many times small group discussions. That's why it's important that we study our Bible and read our Bible. That's why it's important that we communicate and fellowship with with fellow believers. That we can grow in this process. And a third declaration with our baptism is that a transformation has and is continuing to take place in our life. So that when all is said and done, people see Jesus in you. And that's what this process of becoming an imitator of Christ is. So that others might see Jesus. So that we might follow the great commission that's been given to all Christians to go and make disciples. It's about a total life commitment to being a follower, an imitator of Jesus. Jesus loved the undeserving. And now you will too. Jesus forgave undeserving people. And now you will too. Jesus was was absolutely committed to the cross. And so you will be. All of us. The process of growth. The process of becoming an imitator of Christ. Begins with our baptism. And our desire to be obedient to God. And it moves forward through many processes in our lives. And sometimes it gets to the point where we are asked to serve in a special capacity and to be set apart in that service. And that's what a deacon is. Someone who has gone through the process and is still going through the process of being an imitator of Christ but who the church family, the church body has decided this person has those characteristics, those traits necessary to be set aside as a special servant, a special person for Christ. So as a deacon, we should be good deacons by protecting the Word of God. 
We should be a godly deacon practicing the word of God. And a growing deacon progressing in the word of God. This charge this morning is addressed to Shelby and to all who serve as deacons. And the rest who are here today are welcome to listen in. Because there's certainly going to be some points that will help you in your growing process as an imitator of Christ. We traditionally go to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and we find uh, qualifications that are listed there for deacons and pastors. Uh, If we read on a little bit further into into chapter 4, we find the duties and character qualities both should have in order to to succeed. We tend to think of of, of deacons as, as, as handling the ministry needs of the congregation, and in some congregations... They not only handled ministry needs, but they also were in charge of finances and, and make major decisions for the church. But I think sometimes we neglect to see what God wants deacons to accomplish spiritually. Acts 6 tells us that, that the deacon should be someone who is full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom. A deacon should be three things. They should be a good deacon, protecting the Word of God. We're all supposed to preach wherever we go. Our lives should be a sermon. We're living in difficult and perilous times. Just in the past month, we've had massive hurricanes that have done tremendous damage. We've had earthquakes that have have literally shaken the foundation of, of major cities in our world. There's turmoil in the streets. There's divisiveness going on. Excuse me there, Mike. There's divisiveness all around us. That's what we live in every day. The Bible tells us that these are signs of the last days. The Bible speaks of apostasy. It's being predicted. Of people turning away from the faith. And we look at our churches today and we can see the empty pews. We can see the people who have have turned their backs on God. We look at our own country, at the leadership in our country, and we find people who have turned their backs on God. No longer is God welcomed in the public square. Apostasy will be prevalent. Paul speaks of, in these days there will be seducers, evil spirits, false doctrine, false teachers, hypocrisy, human precepts. I don't have to tell you and remind you that folks, these are the last days. Cults are growing at an alarming rate. Did you know from 1988 to 1998, the Mormons experienced a 124% growth? Jehovah's Witnesses were right behind on their heels. Why were they so successful? Because they were proselytizing and preying on ungrounded church members. 
Most of the people they were getting were people that were coming from our churches who were not grounded in their faith, who had no idea what their doctrines, what their teachings were. We've done a poor job of making disciples. And that's what we need to be about. We must be grounded in order to help others stay grounded. And as deacons, we must be grounded in the Word, understanding what it says about what we believe as Baptists. We can't think that Noah's wife was Joan of Arc. Our churches and church members are confused doctrinally more than ever. A good deacon will help maintain and protect the foe from false doctrine. Protecting the Word. Also, a godly deacon practices the Word. Practice the Word in your conversation. Now, the word conversation is used in, in, in the King James Version is interesting because of the way it has uh, become to mean something quite different in today's world. When Paul says, don't let your conversation be as the conversation of the Gentiles or the heathens, when we think of conversation today, we think of communication, talking with one another. Well, they actually, in the King James English, during that time, in the 1600s, the word conversation actually meant lifestyle. So Paul's not talking here about our conversation and communication. He's talking about our lifestyle. He says, don't let your lifestyle as a believer in Jesus Christ be like the lifestyle of the heathen. That means we practice God's Word. We do what God tells us to do. We're to practice God's Word in charity, to grow in our love for people. Shelby, you know the people here. You know their faults, and they know yours. And there's going to come a time when you, as a deacon, and all of us as imitators of Christ, have to love someone who's unlovely. You'll have to say like Paul, I will most gladly spend and be spent for you Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Practice the word in charity. Practice the word in spirit, in enthusiasm. We can't expect the congregation, those you serve, to get excited if the best we can do is a monotone Amen. Be excited. And Shelby, you have that bubbly personality, that exciting personality. Let it shine. Let God use that to inspire this congregation. Be excited about Jesus. Be excited about what He's doing in your life. And I know as a new grandma, I mean, you're you're off the charts anyway right now. Let that carry over into your work as a deacon. Be excited about the church. Be excited about what is going on, what God is doing. 
You ever been stung by a bumblebee? It really hurts for a while. Why? That stinger is only one-sixteenth of an inch long. But it's not the stinger that hurts so much. It's the enthusiasm of the bee when he stings you. (laughs) Allow that enthusiasm. Practice the word in spirit with a great enthusiasm. Practice the word in purity. Avoid all appearance of evil. You will have opportunities that will come your way. To where people will want juicy bits of information. Don't get involved in it. Not only do we not have a trash can mouth, but we don't want trash can ears either. Practice God's word in purity. That means you've got to know what the word says. A good deacon protects the word. A godly deacon practices the word. And finally, a growing deacon progresses in the word. You cannot take followers somewhere which you've never been. What's the old saying? You can lead a a mule to water, but you can't make him drink. You've got to go there yourselves. You've got to be there yourselves. You've got to walk in those shoes some way, showing empathy. You need to be growing in your relationship with Christ if you're expecting those within the church following, those who have been assigned to you as, as your deacon to grow in their relationship with Christ. You need to grow in your understanding of the Word of God and in the application of His Word into your life. A deacon, a very important person, someone who has been set apart for a special task. You have been set apart by this church to lead in that role. They will be praying with you. And we will be encouraging you and supporting you in any way we can. This congregation loves you. And they want you to be a good deacon and a godly deacon. And a growing deacon. Father, we just want to to thank you again for, Lord, what you do for us. We thank you, Lord, again for for the way that you you, you bring us together as as people of faith and and, and you encourage us to go out and, and make disciples. We thank you for Bud, Lord, and for his decision that he's recently made that is has been culminated this morning with 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 his baptism. And we pray, Lord, that that in this restarting of his journey with you, that, that Lord, you would just work with him and, and guide him. Help him to grow in his relationship with you. And maybe one day, Lord, he will be set aside for special service as well. We thank you for Shelby and for others who serve this, this church as deacons. 
And Father, we ask your blessings upon Shelby this morning as she is being set aside in this special way, this special ceremony. And Lord, you would use her in a mighty way to make disciples. For we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, we have a a special ceremony, what we as Baptists refer to as the laying on of hands. It's, It's not a ritual or a formality. It's a biblical practice. It goes all the way back to the day of Moses. And as we lay our hands upon Shelby and pray over her, we're asking God to do three things. To fill you, Shelby, with wisdom. Deuteronomy 34.9 says that Joshua was full of the spirit and wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him. We're asking God to fill you with the Holy Spirit as never before. And we're asking God to bestow upon you spiritual gifts for ministry. In this process, deacons... Shelby will come forward and, 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 and kneel. And Twyla, if you will help Shelby to, to go ahead and, and, and kneel there now. Uh, face the congregation as you kneel. Father, we ask that You give Shelby the wisdom that she will need to serve in this capacity. And she will experience more and more of your Holy Spirit each day. Father, if she has a need for more spiritual gifts to accomplish her ministry, we pray, Lord, that again you would give them to her. Make her a good deacon. Make her a godly deacon. Make her a growing deacon. In Jesus' name, amen. This time we're going to ask all ordained persons, if they will, to follow me.
And all God's people said, Amen. Celebrate the 